Good morning, everybody. That is really exciting. I know Emma talked about our worship leader just a little bit ago, but this bears repeating again. Next week, we only have one service at 1030. So if you show up for 9 o'clock service, you will be worshiping by yourself. So let's all come together. It's fun because in the worship in the park, we come together as both services. So we all as one family can be together. We're going to eat together. We're going to worship together right in the heart of our city. And our baptism is going to be going on that day. It'll be a lot of fun, a lot of excitement. So I want to invite you there. And just as a reminder, Emma mentioned also that we will, our second service will start at 1030 every week after. So make sure we get on time there also. So welcome everybody. You know, I, I really look forward to Sunday. I, I look forward to every day, but I look forward to Sunday seeing all your faces, but you guys look really good. You don't believe it, do you? And there's so many new faces, you even make us look better. To our guests, thank you for being here. On behalf of our church, I want to welcome you. My name is Brian. I'm our lead pastor. Emma talked about this worship guide a little bit, but let me go over just a couple things before we jump into God's Word together, the Bible. Uh, the first thing is on the back, there are these sermon notes. We're going to share about the Bible. We're going to talk about this sermon series. We're wrapping it up today, but these notes are on the back that you can keep track of there. And to our guests, it's really, really important that you fill out this Connect card. If you're first time, second time with us, it tears right off. You can drop it in a box here in the back or go out to our Welcome Center there. But um, we know probably the majority of our guests are looking for a church home. We want to help you on that journey. We don't want to convince you to come here, but we want to tell you a lot more about us to see if this is a perfect fit for you. So please fill that out so we can reach out to you early this week and talk. There's one other thing that's really important here, baptism classes. We've been talking about this for a few weeks. Uh, baptism classes start right after this service. So we have them for children's age, youth and adult. Uh, the information's right there. But if you have had on your heart about baptism, if you're wondering about baptism, like a lot of people are like, you know, I'm, I think I've been baptized or I was baptized as an infant. Does it count? All, all those questions are kind of answered here. Coming to the baptism class doesn't mean you have to get baptized, but it helps you take the journey about one of the most important steps you'll ever make in your faith journey. So come hang out with us. We got pizza. We'll provide lunch and we'd love to share that information with you. I think I got everything covered there. So let's talk about this last sermon here in this series called Stop, Drop, and Roll. Let's share this graphic. Um, many kids, we all learned this when I learned this when I was a kid, that if my clothes catch fire, like, this is what I do. So I remember the firemen coming to our school and teaching this. So the first thing you do is stop. And they still teach this today, right? All kids, they still teach stop, drop, and roll. Do you guys learn this? So you stop, right? So you don't run around waving your arms on fire, which actually causes the flames to go bigger, right? So you stop. And that way you can drop. You can get to the ground, and then you can roll around, and hopefully that will extinguish the flames and stop the burning. So we've used this series to talk about sin in our life like when I have sin in my life and it makes my like life catch on fire when I'm doing things that God doesn't like when I'm doing things that breaks my relationship with God and breaks my relationship with others it's like and my life just goes in fires my house is on fire my job's on fire whatever it's a spiritual flame not necessarily an incendiary flame so like does this work it's like to stop, drop, and roll work when my life is on fire from sin. It's like, it doesn't because we can't put out that flame ourselves. So we created a graphic. Let's look at this one. This is the one we're teaching, stop, drop, and roll. So just a recap of where we've been. This is about repentance. The word used in the Bible is repentance. How do I turn from my old life 
and my struggles and my sin and how do I turn to God and start walking in peace and joy and harmony so he talked about stop that week we talked about stop it's like I come to the point where I recognize I'm honest how living life my way has caused nothing but problems and when I stop I, I, I actually truly stop confess that to God ask for forgiveness God's forgiveness pours out on me we went through scripture about that and then I'm ready to drop and we talked last week about drop is changing my position that I'm going to turn from my old life and I'm going to turn towards Christ and I'm going to grab on with both hands and not try to hold on to both and so drop and we talked about Zacchaeus dropping out of a tree and facing Christ and his whole life changed and so that really stop and drop is the heart of repentance Stop and drop is really about confessing, turning from my old life, and starting new. Roll is about how do I live a life like this now? How do I roll differently now that I've done this? And that's what we're talking about today is how do we roll differently? I'd like to also welcome those who are online with us. These sermon notes and stuff are attached there on Facebook Live. They're on our website. So if you just join in there with us, um, you can follow right along. So here's our first sermon note together. Repentance is not one and done. It's a daily habitude. Repentance is not one and done. It's a daily habitude. So you're thinking, Pastor Brian, you just made that word up. No, 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 no. This is actually in Merriam-Webster Dictionary. I didn't know that till this week. So what does that word mean? It's, it's the breakdown of two words, habit and attitude. Repentance is not something we do just once. Turn from our old life of sin, turn to God. It's not just something we do once. It's something we actually do every day. It's a lifestyle that we have to generate. It's a habitude. It's a new habit, new discipline, which changes our mental and spiritual perception. So if I use this in a sentence, which is fun, so you know how to use the word habitude, so you can all go out and say habitude today. Say habitude. habitude. So you want to use this all the time. I saw my sister reading her Bible first thing in the morning with a smile on her face. Man, I love her habitude. Okay, you didn't really buy that. So try to use it in a sentence that you would like. But use that word all the time. I can think of mom and dads right now saying, I don't like your habitude. Do you think? that's Mom and dads are thinking that right now. So why do we need, why do I need enroll, why do I need a lifestyle repentance? Why is this something I have to do every day? And I, and I think a lot of us would say, like, when I turn to God, I get it going. Why do I need to reflect on that every day? Is it okay if I just get a little bit off? It's not a big deal. My journey of faith is a wide road. Well, let me talk about what it's like when we're just one degree off. Like, are these little things big deal? Like, do I really need this every day? What, what happens if I'm just one degree off? Who here is in aviation? Anybody? Like, a lot of times we have military pilots up. You know what one degree means, right? So one degree off. If I'm one degree off and I take one step, let me get here where you can see. If I take one step, I am going to be 0.2 inches off in one step. Not a big deal, right? 0.2. By the time I get to the other side of the parking lot, 100 yards, I will be actually 5.2 feet off. After a mile of walking, one degree off, I will be 92 feet off in one mile. If I'm flying from Washington, D.C. to San Fran and I'm one degree off, I will be 42.6 miles off when I arrive in San Francisco or wherever I'm arriving. 
And there was a guy who wrote this and said, that's the difference between getting to my meeting on time or using my seat as a flotation device. <laughs> if I leave Manhattan and I fly around the world and land in Manhattan and I'm one degree off, I'll be 435 miles off. To give you an idea, that means instead of landing in Manhattan, I will land in my hometown of Sydney, Nebraska, which is eight hours away. The point being made is one degree is a lot over time. So daily, I have to be zoned in in a good direction of repentance. Take a look at your worship guide. Do you notice something about it? You OCD people, you know who you are. <laughs> You've been worrying about all the <laughs> What do you notice about a worship guide? It's not the color. For those of you online, this might be a little harder. I'll help you in a minute. Come on, OCD people, I see this. There you go. It is one degree off. It is one degree off. Do you know in four weeks, you won't be able to read half the information? <laughs> Our creative team has so much fun. So if you just, for those of you online, and you pull this up, you just have to tilt your computer one degree the other way, and you'll be all right. But that's what, like, just one degree off. There's two problems with being one degree off. The first problem is it takes a long time to notice we've drifted. The smaller and more subtle the shift, the longer it can take for consequences to show up or for us to realize the mess that we've created. The second problem with being one degree off is when we finally notice we're off, our new habits and patterns are so ingrained it's hard to change. So one degree is important when it comes to a lifestyle of following God's commands and living in joy and peace and freedom versus sin and slavery and struggle. So what can we rely on in our lifestyle of repentance? What can we rely on to not get off? What can we rely on that we stay on target? And let me start in a negative. Let me tell you one thing we can't rely on. It's your next sermon note. Our world is a poor GPS, always pulling us off course. We can't rely on the world. Last weekend, Saturday, I had, a, I had a, you know, GPS was one of my favorite things. I was in Kansas City. I was downtown in the old Bottoms area. You know how hard it is to get into downtown Kansas City. It's just a mess. My GPS was having trouble as I was navigating around all the skyscrapers. Next thing you know, I'm on a street, and it's trying to find me. You know, and GPS is normally reliable, but you know it's not 100% reliable. And man, I got way off. Our world G is a bad GPS, too. Our, our culture and our world constantly changes. With the information age, what used to take decades to change changes in an afternoon now because of how information spreads and changes. The world will always guide us to whatever is feels right, whatever is relevant for now, and whatever is trendy. And that's not a good guide. So let me show you a scripture from 1 John chapter 2 that talks about why the world is not a good GPS. Starting in verse 16, it says, For the, uh, the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure. A craving for everything we see. And pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away. Along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. 
So the early church leader, John, was saying, hey, church, be careful. The world is going to take you a degree off or more all the time. Do you know, I, I grabbed my phone when I was having fun with GPS stuff, and I plugged in heaven. I just searched on heaven. It could not find heaven. I found heavenly suds and duds, some type of laundry place. Our GPS will not get us to heaven. So why is that important? Every person's ultimate destination in this room is heaven. Every person in this room's ultimate goal is eternity with God the Father. And we're on that journey now. We are on that journey towards heaven today. All of us are. This should be the most important thing we're thinking about. Not necessarily did we pick up a loaf of bread or things like that. This should be a daily thing that am I pointed in the right direction? Because my decisions affect eternity. To have a lifestyle of repentance, to stay on a journey towards heaven, our goal, we need a point of reference that does not move. We need one that's always reliable. We need one that doesn't change. What we need is like a North Star. A North Star, the North Star, for those of you who love the celestial world, it's called Polaris. The North Star sits to our north. If you're looking for it, it's easy to find the Big Dipper. If you find the Little Dipper, it's the end of the handle. It's one of the brightest, top 50 brightest stars. But the North Star is unique in that the North Star actually sits directly over the axis of the North Pole. It is fixed. So what happens is the heavens and all the stars actually spin around the North Star. But it stays fixed. So important is the North Star, at least in the North Hemisphere, that it was always used for navigation for hundreds of years because it doesn't move. It's always reliable. Do you know if you use a compass today, it's magnetic north. It's not even that reliable. I could be around some electronics and stuff that knock it off. It's not based truly on a fixed north star. To have a lifestyle of repentance, to be on this journey, we need a north star so we don't get off course, we don't slip back into that pattern of sin. So look at our third sermon note together. What is that North Star? Truth is our North Star for a constant shifting culture. You're expecting something wow? This is something simple. Truth is our North Star. Life actually is very simple. In life, there's truth and there's lies. <laughs> we know this from the time we're growing up. Truth keeps us on the right path. Lies take us a degree off every day or more. Our culture today, no matter where you look, our culture today tells you that truth comes from within you. And the reason why our culture pushes this agenda that truth is yours, truth is to be determined by you and your experience in your life, is because uh, the culture doesn't like relying on anybody else about truth. Our culture doesn't want to rely on a government, doesn't want to rely on all these things that get degrees off and... So ultimately, the culture says, you know where you want to find truth? It's in you. You'll discover it. There are 330 million people, 338 million people in the United States today, each with an opinion about truth. 
And now we know why there's a GPS problem in our culture. 330 million opinions are not a good North Star. But what if truth was not found in a thing, but found in a person? Did you know that Jesus has another name that describes him? He is called often the North Star. You can Google it. Jesus is often called the North Star. Jesus is the only infallible way to ensure that we get to our heavenly destination. Let me share with you some scripture out of the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 1 through 6. This one might sound familiar to some of you. Jesus, in the context, this is hanging out. This is shortly before he goes to the cross, is crucified. He's hanging out with the 12. He's just told them that how he's going to die. Now, for 12 guys that have been hanging out with him for three years, following him everywhere and learning from him, they did not like this news that the Savior of the world was going to die. That's not how this chapter was supposed to end. And Jesus, sensing how troubled they are, responds this way. He says, hey guys, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home, heaven. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you, 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 me. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. Which made Thomas, one of the 12 closest friends, say, no, we don't know, Lord. We have no idea where you're going, so how will we know the way? And Jesus told him, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Jesus says, I'm your North Star. So look at our fourth sermon note. This is big. We hear this, this, this scripture often. Jesus is the way, truth, and life. What is he saying in those three things? I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Jesus is the way. He is our only North Star. He is the only direction that we should fix upon. Our sin, your and my sin, took us off course. It separated us from God. It separates us from others. Sin is very destructive. We had no way of getting out of this pathway on our own, but Jesus' life, death, and resurrection put us back on course. For those who believe, all we have to do is believe and follow. Be really clear here. Jesus says, I am the only way to heaven. And you think that's such a bold statement. Why could Jesus say, I am the only way? Because Jesus is the only one who died and paid for the penalty that we deserved. He's not the only way. He paved the way back. But we have to make that choice. Jesus says, I'm the truth. Jesus is God. He is God come down to earth. He's God incarnate. He is the author then of truth by his very nature. In John chapter 18, Jesus, if you write down John chapter 18, verse 37, 
Jesus is standing at trial in front of Pilate. And he answers Pilate. He says, in fact, the reason I was born and came into this world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of the truth listens to me. Which got the famous response from Pilate, what is truth? And pronounced his punishment. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. When we read the Bible, it says God created all things through Jesus. You and I are through the created hands and mind and heart of Christ. But not only that, not only did he create us, but because of the cross and the pain and the suffering he endured, he gives us eternal life because he wiped away the penalty. Jesus not only does that, he delivers us from a life of bondage to sin and he gives us a life of freedom all the way to eternity and in eternity. That's what he means when he says, I'm the life. If you write down John 14, 19, Jesus says, because I live, you will live. Can you see now why he's our North Star? Let me share with you 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. The day we believed in Jesus, we became united to him. We become Christian. That means connected to Christ, living in Christ. Our identity is his. And, and this was written, it says, God has united you with Christ Jesus for those who believe. For our benefit, God made Jesus to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy and he freed us from sin. What this verse is telling us is God made Christ's wisdom. If we're looking for a way, daily way to live, to head towards our goal, the wisdom is all in a person. He is the way, the truth, and life. For us, it would be wise to follow. To live a lifestyle of repentance each day by turning to Jesus every day, making that an effort to follow him, for he is the way, the truth, and life, and that makes us right with God. I want to share with you a video. This just happened this week. There's a beautiful soul in our church. Her name's Erica. And Erica came in. We were praying as a group on Monday. And Erica came in and says, can I just pray with you and tell you what God's doing in my life through this sermon series? And so we did. And then we captured her story because what you're going to see in Erica's life is Erica has stopped and dropped. And she's trying to figure out how to roll. This is raw. This is right where we're at today in the story. So watch Erica's story with us. This repentance series has been so powerful to me because I've been pursuing Christ for over three years now, but the last 20 years spent struggling with drugs and addiction. So in the past three years while being on this journey, faith journey, I've made some behavioral changes, but there are still battles and stumbling blocks along the way. In the first week of the Ed series, the Indiana Jones clip where he was reaching for salvation with one hand and reaching back for his old ways really resonated with me. I was pursuing a new life in Christ, but I hadn't really fully let go of my past addictions. 
then in week two, Pastor Brian had talked about stopping sin. And he said that repentance was more than just changing the behavior. I realized that I had changed some behaviors, but not others. What I really needed was to stop and repent. Then this past Sunday, the message was on drop, and the point that Pastor Brian had made about turning from who we were to whose we are is exactly what I needed. I knew that I needed to turn to the freedom I have in being His and turn away from the bondage of who I was. And now I'm walking, walking, walking free. No more darkness, guilt, and Then when the, the last song was played about walking in freedom, I did everything I could to not stand up and say, I'm free. Going forward, I recognize how I need this faith community as I continue on my faith journey. In fact, it was the accountability that I have in the community that really stirred me, stirred in me this need for full and true repentance. Another one of the points Pastor Brian had made was how we need to stop hiding in our sin and hide in him. I have been trying to hide my sin struggles and it took someone calling me out to expose that in my own life. God knew that this sermon series is what I needed to come into full repentance. I believe that this series on repentance is exactly what I needed. One, acknowledging and stopping the sin. Two, let go of who I was and embrace who I am in Him. And three, I know how important this is to have community and exactly what I need in my life. Erica was with us first service. I was just so proud of her being bold to get up in front. You know, Erica's between stop, drop, and roll. She's, she's showing us the struggle rolling, right? It's like, I don't want this to be a behavior. I want this to be real. And we all are at times here, guys. This is not just Erica's story. We all go through things in life where we can stop and turn and be sorrowful and, and reach out with both hands of Christ. But how do we stay there? How do we stay there? And that's where Erica's at. She's like, and she gave us the hints. It's your last sermon note. So let's walk through it together. How do we then, we stop, drop, and roll. How do we roll differently? So, so three things I want to talk about today. How do we have this new habitude? I hope you're all really using that word already in your mind. Eyes fixed on Jesus, our true North Star. Your fifth sermon note, your last sermon note. After stopping and dropping, this is how we roll. We first, we roll out of bed towards him every day. It's got to start here. A lifestyle repentance starts the first thing when my eyes open in the morning. And you know, and I, I joke about this, I could talk about it. my eyes open and it's like, thank God, I got a gift today. I got today. It's always a gift. Each day is a gift. I open my eyes, I'm so thankful to God. But it needs to start right at that moment. To stay on course, to, to have a lifestyle repentance, to get to that North Star, we have to calibrate our journey before we do anything else that day. This is a great discipline to have. 
Hebrews 12.1, this scripture might sound familiar to some. It says, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Every day, we do this by keeping our eyes on, say it loud, Jesus. We do this by, we run this race of endurance every day by waking up and getting our eyes calibrated towards the one. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith. We get our eyes on the North Star. We, we don't wait until lunch. We don't wait until supper or a Bible study. When we roll out of bed or we open our eyes in bed, calibrate your GPS right there. Get him on Jesus. How do we do that? On your seat is one of these. And for those online, this is pinned out there. It's called a morning calibration prayer. This is something we just wrote to say instead of walking out of here, actually put this in your, uh, at your bedside table or actually put this on your mirror in your bathroom wherever you're going to see it early in the day. But I want us to read this together. This is a calibration prayer. This is pointing to the North Star, Jesus, in three ways, talking about him as the way, the truth, and the life. And I want you to read it with me. Would you read it with me? We won't say what's in the parentheses, just so you know the focus this have this ready to go in the morning read with me Jesus thank you for this day what a gift may nothing separate me from you today teach me how to choose only your way today so each step will lead me closer to you protect me from getting off course and believing things that are not true continuing on Help me walk by your word in truth and keep my heart pure and undivided. Keep me from being distracted by my wants, desires, and thoughts on how things should be. And I know you are always with me. You rescue me from the bondage of sin and you give me life for today and eternity. Remind me throughout the day of the truth in Psalm 86, 13, Great is your love toward me, and let that love flow out of me. Start your day with that. Start your day with that. That's calibrating. Write this to whatever you want, but start when our eyes open and get our eyes fixed on the North Star. And on the back is a fun little graphic, just to remind you, stop, drop, and roll every day. The second thing after stopping and dropping, we roll with community. Man, I hope you heard this in Erica's testimony. How important this body of faith is to her on her journey. A lifestyle of repentance is impossible. The America tells us you can do it on your own. Quit that garbage. I want to use a worse word, but it just... We cannot live a lifestyle of repentance on our own. Jesus gave us community. He gave us a church to keep us on track, to grow us, and to keep us accountable. Did you hear her say accountable? It was somebody that called her out in the community that made her look at her sin. Did you hear her talk about what I know in Erica's testimony, what she shared is, is in her family, is like she has to choose. She loves her family, but right now she needs this community to get her on track. And she says, I need this. And she just saluted you for walking with her. We all need each other. Ephesians 4, this is our key scripture today, the one that we really need to know as a body of Christ, talks about community. It says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, 
we will speak the truth in love. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, because we're fixed on him every day, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body, that's us, ladies and gentlemen, fit together perfectly. He does it. And as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. I can't grow without you. And we can't grow without each other. And so the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. It looks just like Him. We can only grow together. We can only be on this North Star journey towards eternity together. In about two, three weeks, we keep talking about this, there's going to be like, with children and everything, like 30 new life groups starting up that do life together all week. The only thing missing is you. That's how we grow. Sunday's great. This is like a launch pad. This is like a pep rally for the week of who we are and what we do all week long as a church. But it's not a life group without you. Erica's testimony is so important. Community grows for every day. She's getting stronger every day. She's learning how to roll. We all are like this. Third thing. After stopping and dropping, we roll in the spirit. We cannot live a lifestyle of repentance without supernatural help every day. <laughs> this supernatural help every day, God's very spirit in us, the day we believe we get this gift, every day we'll be forgiven when we missed up. Every day we'll have strength. Every day we'll have conviction that we're getting off a degree. Nothing's better than having the spirit in us and all of a sudden I'm off a ways. And he's knocking. Hey, get back on track. That is God's spirit in us every day, guiding us. Every day as I work, as, I, as I'm in community and I'm looking at God's word and all of a sudden it's just leaping off the pages at me, it's the work of the spirit. He's illuminating when I'm ready to understand how big, how wonderful God is and his love through Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit is a gift to every believer. Supernatural power and direction to keep us on course, true north, is empowered by the Spirit. John 14, verse 23 through 27, it reminds us of this. It says, Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. What that means is that my Father and I will live in them through the power of the Spirit. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still here with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, as my representative, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And this peace I give is a gift the world cannot give you. So don't be troubled or afraid. I don't know if you notice what's going on outside this building, but there's a lot of trouble and there's a lot of afraid. Our world is really hurting because they don't know that peace. They don't know the peace of the Spirit that's in us, telling us it's going to be okay. You're on a trajectory. You're on heading north, and there's nothing that can take that away from you. We battle this peace inside the church every day. 
Jesus said there's going to be trouble in this world, but take heart, I've overcome it. Take heart, have peace. It only comes from the presence of the Holy Spirit in us who keeps telling us it's going to be okay. But watch what I can do through you. In this world of trouble, in this, trouble of, in this world of fear, I can change that through you. And every day the Holy Spirit is going to keep us on course and remind us to not even get a degree off. And when we do that, we will have peace. No matter what's going on. So one more time, here's our new chart. <laughs> Stop. Change our posture. Ask for forgiveness. And God's love of grace will pour out on us. Drop. Isn't it funny the arrow is up? Because when we drop, it's a posture of humility and we're looking up to the one who's our North Star. And roll. Look at that little fire of the Holy Spirit and a circle of community around it. And we roll. You want to see what true repentance looks like? It's when we roll every day like this. That's not a behavior change. That's a heart change. And it takes all of us. And it takes a spirit. So today we are equipped. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are equipped. True repentance is seen in how we roll each morning, how we roll with each other, and how we roll in the spirit. Roll on, baby, roll on. I think that's like a 70s song, isn't it? So before we leave here today, let's go to offering together in prayer and let's make the change, every one of us, together. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, which we had a big dose of today. Father, thank you for every soul that's gathered in this room that you are doing a work on through your Holy Spirit. But Father, thank you that you gave us Jesus as our North Star that we shouldn't have any fear or anxiety because we got our eyes fixed on him and there's nothing this world can steal or take from us. There will be trouble, but we take heart for Jesus has overcome the world. Father, offering today is a time where we give back to you. We look at your word and it's like, wow, how much you give to us, how much you sacrifice, how much you love us. How do we give back? I know there's people in this room that have never followed Jesus yet that this is a journey they haven't made that first step and that's where repentance starts the first time I turn to him Father if there's somebody in this room that hasn't made that first step today that, that they make that step they write on their connect card they come up here we'll be here right after service come up here and just say help me I'm ready to start this journey I just don't know where to start it's okay because this place is full of people who have and we want to walk with you we'll love you unconditionally and we'll let the Spirit work through all of us together. And be baptized. Father, if there's people in this room that just haven't shown that first sign of true repentance, like, I'm going to get in the water, and I'm going to leave my old self behind, I'm going to rise up new, clothed in Christ, I'm going to start this journey right, and I'm not ashamed of it. Father, lead them to our class right after this. Come up front, ask where it is. It's, it's on the worship guide. Don't walk out these doors. Turned towards the world. Turn towards him today. We'd love to go through this baptism class with you. And Father, for everybody else in this room that carries this bright light and this Holy Spirit in them, we're going to walk out this door fired up. Pep rally's over. Now it's time to really be church. And there's a world out there that is really afraid right now. 
and really hurting. And through the power of your spirit, we can get our true north calibrated every morning just by praying. And we can be a church that changes this world, but only in the power of your spirit. And we can bring others into true repentance. And we can see more baptisms. And we can see more life. And we can see the community grow. And we can see hope replace fear. Faith replace lostness. That's who we are. Not afraid of hard places. This place is not afraid. Father, rise up your church. Let our offering to you, whatever it is today, whether we go out and we drop our financial gifts in the boxes, whatever it does to fuel the mission, change our hearts that we do not leave here without being changed. And we can only do that in the Spirit. Holy Spirit, you have our hearts. Jesus, we pray this in your name. And all God's people said, Amen.